I love to bring on teachers and studio owners who have been in the boutique fitness world for a long time and invite them to share their stories, mostly because what we see online or on social media is not the whole picture. Today, I'm joined by Kira Lam, who will be sharing about her journey in the Pilates world, the many different opportunities she's had within our industry, how she stays inspired and centered, and what opportunities she's contemplating right now. I know you're going to love listening in to this conversation. Enjoy. Well, hi there. I'm Sarah Glanfield. I'm a business and marketing strategist just for boutique fitness studio owners like you. If you're ready to be inspired and make a bigger impact, you're in the right place. All you need are a few key strategies, the right mindset, and some support along the way. Join me as I share the real-life insights that will help you grow a sustainable and profitable studio. This is the Pilates Business Podcast. Welcome back to the Pilates Business Podcast. I'm Saran, and I am thrilled that you're here with me again today. Now, um, I have got a very special guest joining us, um, and I'm really excited to bring her on today because for many reasons. And one of the reasons is that I do always get such amazing feedback from all of you guys listening whenever I bring on some of the uh, most well-known teachers in our industry. Um, And when we hear a little bit about their personal and professional journey in the Pilates world, and they come on and share all those stories with us, I get such great feedback. So I know that this is going to be a great conversation with this very wonderful person that I'd like to introduce you to, who is Kira Lam. Welcome. I'm so glad you're here with us today. Thank you so much for inviting me. So if you haven't heard of Kira before, she's been teaching Pilates since 2002, you guys, and she has taught all over. She's taught in LA. She spent some time teaching in Turks and Caicos. She's taught in Mexico. And now she's um, teaching in New York City. And she's taken a few different teacher training programs over the years. Um, And she's also a licensed massage therapist specializing in myofascial and neuromuscular techniques, which she incorporates into her teaching today. So I guess we should start out maybe at the beginning, Kira. Um, Why don't you share with us a little bit about how you got started in the Pilates world um, and a little bit about your journey since then? Sure. Um, Kind of cliche, but like a lot of dancers, I found myself getting injured repeatedly. And um, after I had a knee injury, I was sent to performing arts physical therapy um, for my rehabilitation. After I graduated from my PT, they sent me across the hall to the New York Pilates studio to take Pilates lessons. And then once I started taking Pilates lessons, whenever I was consistent with my practice, I did not get injured. And so I fell in love with the method itself because of what it did and how it helped protect my body in a really rigorous um, performing career. That's why I got introduced as a student. As a student. So how many years did you do Pilates as a student before you thought, hmm, what about this longer term? <laughs> I, I think I think almost instantly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, yeah. So I, I loved it. Like I am insatiably curious about everything. If I learn something and I love it, I always want to get certified in it. That's just the way I was for so long. So I knew early on that I wanted to become certified and like one day teach it. Um, and so I did all the prerequisites for the program, which was like 75 privates 
So I did the prerequisites to get into um, the New York Pilates Studio program, um, but I wasn't done performing yet. And so I had booked a tour and then an off-Broadway show. And I was like, I can always come back to Pilates. So then I went and I did this off-Broadway show. It was called De La Gorda Visha Visha. And um, I did that until I was 30. And then I got married and moved to Los Angeles. And it was at that point in my life where I was like, I'm a grown-up now. So now I should have a grown-up life. I'll be done with my, uh, I'll be done with my performing career. Um, while I was in De La Gorda, I actually got licensed to become a massage therapist. So I moved to L.A. And I started my massage practice and I was like, I'll get certified in Pilates now. And so I talked with my um, best friend on the phone. She's like, I'm going to get certified too. And I was like, great, I'll do it with you. And so we got certified through Physical Mind Institute. Um, Maria Leone was our teacher trainer and it was a phenomenal program. And then I went into the trenches. I started teaching in different studios. Uh, one of my first bosses was Tracy Mallett. Um, she was so welcoming and embracing. And it was an exciting opportunity for me because I had just come out of massage school and Tracy's studio was co-owned with her husband, who was a physical therapist. So just like I had been introduced to Pilates through physical therapy, I got to work with people who are in a similar situation. So the PT would hand off their patients to me and give me ideas of what type of exercise protocols um, that I should put them through. But the more I kept teaching, I was like, this is not exactly what I did in New York City. I was like, something feels different and I can't pinpoint what it is, but I want to figure out what it was that I had learned in New York. Um, and it was at that time that I realized that there were different Pilates styles. Like there was this New York style and a West Coast style, people would call it, or a classical and a contemporary, which I didn't know. I just thought Pilates was Pilates. So because I wanted to figure out what it was that I had originally trained in in New York, I just started like Google searching. And while I was searching, I ended up finding Power Pilates and also a job at Equinox because um, Power Pilates was running their, um, their Pilates programming at the time. So I interviewed for that position and I interviewed with Sherry Berkowitz and Carrie Macy, who's now Carrie Macy Samper. And they encouraged me to go through um, the Power Pilates program. So then I did that. And so I was like, oh, this is what I had learned. So they were my primary teacher trainers, along with um, Susan Moran and Bob Leakin. So that was my that was my second certification. Wow. And what a powerhouse of people you're able to work with. Yeah. Yeah. Throughout my whole career, I feel lucky because I've always been surrounded by great teachers and a lot of great talent and also people who want to see you succeed. You know, they like really fuel you to be um, better. Yes. All of, yes, all good people. I know all of them, known all of them. Yes. Oh my gosh. So, so incredible. So then that was, um, that was in Power Pilates. And so, but that wasn't the end of it, right? You wanted to keep learning. <laughs> well, yeah, more, more, st more stuff happened in my life. So I was, I was teaching for a while and, oh, and then in the, in the midst of this, I was married at the time and my ex-husband was like, oh, I just got called to audition to go on tour with Gloria Stefan. And at that moment, I was like, oh, wait a minute, I'm not done. <laughs> like, I thought that I was gonna, I was hanging up my dancing shoes to become a Pilates teacher and a massage therapist. And I was like, no, I still have this desire to perform. So I was like, go tell your agent that uh, I want to get sent out for this audition too. And so they had me submit like my headshot and resume. They ended up sending me on the audition and I booked 
um, the tour. So I went on tour with Gloria and I got back into the performing um, world again. And um, Pilates was kind of like Pilates and massage was like my side hustle, as people would call it. Then long story short, I ended up getting divorced and moved back to New York City and started performing again. I was in another off-Broadway show called Fuerza Bruta. And I did that for about four years. Um, and then I got laid off with the entire cast. And thank God I had Pilates as my foundation and massage therapy also. So I had something else to do. Um, but I was it was really challenging for me at the time um, financially, um, living in New York City. And then an opportunity came up for me to um, teach in Turks and Caicos. So I taught on a private resort island for two and a half years there. And then when I came back, after having been the only Pilates teacher on that island, like completely isolated from the Pilates community and the industry itself, when I came back, I felt so thirsty, like I need to learn more. I was also teaching by myself, but also on contemporary apparatus. And at this time I was teaching classical work and it was not even a fully equipped studio. So I just missed the work. And so that's when I, um, I ended up getting my third um, teacher training certification through the New York Pilates studio, which was the original program that I was supposed to go into. Yeah. So it's so been, you did yeah full circle. Full, full circle. Yes. And then I wasn't done there. I started training with um, Chris Robinson privately during the pandemic. Elaine Ewing has been my private teacher since I got back from um, Turks and Caicos. But then I started training with Chris in addition to that during the pandemic. And he invited me to go through his S6 teacher training intensive in San Diego, which I just recently finished that too. Wow. That's fantastic. That's my training and my work background. That's amazing. That's a real hot list of teachers you've had or have as well, right? Amazing. Yeah. Um, so I'm so fascinated by um, taking the time to go to work in Turks and Caicos and how that then led to you sort of feeling that need to sort of reimmerse yourself perhaps into your, into learning of the Pilates method. It's kind of, it's just very interesting that when the, the, you felt that need. Yeah. Well, I am, I'm, like I said before, like I'm insatiably, insatiably curious and I just love to learn. Like I, like the more, you know how they say, the more you learn, the more you realize you don't know, or the more you know, the realize you realize you don't know a lot. A hundred percent. So when I was in Turks and Caicos, I was literally by myself and it wasn't like, um, like I didn't have like Pilatesology or Pilates anytime. I didn't have internet access inside the Pilates studio. So I was literally just training myself and I would videotape every single workout so I could like make corrections on myself. And so I just felt so, um, I don't know, like I wasn't really growing that much in my own practice because there was only so much I could give to myself and there's only so much I could see of my own practice via video. And so when I came back, I felt like this void, like I hadn't been on certain apparatus in a really long time. And I wanted to feel proficient in all of it. So I could also feel like I had something to offer my students. And so that's why I feel like I just, I'm always training, always. And I still take two private lessons a week. Do you think that's something that, um, I think often, you know, Pilates teachers, a lot of Pilates teachers feel that way, that this is, you're never done with the work, right? You're never done learning when it comes to the human body and movement and how to, you know, the Pilates method and all of those things come together. 
100%. I had someone the other day ask me because like they knew of my training background and they're like, it's like you have a PhD. Why do you have to keep studying? I was like, mm, this is a lifestyle and I'm still getting deeper understandings of how to do the hundred. You know what I mean? Like that's the first exercise you learn. Like you're constantly finding nuances in the same old exercises, but also my body is very different from what it was when I was in my twenties, you know, working as a professional dancer. I'm now in my mid fifties. And so my body just works differently. And I don't have like the same, um, I don't want to say, I think I'm honestly stronger than I was when I was in my twenties, but there's just like my, uh, I don't know how to say it. I feel like it's, um, it doesn't come as easily to me. It does. I don't feel like it comes as easily in my body, either that, or I'm understanding the details more, which makes it challenging. I'm not sure what it is. Um, but also there's the wear and tear on my body. I'm older. <laughs> I'm breaking down a little bit and I'm trying to maintain. You, every day is different. Right. And so you're not, and you're never waking up with the same, with the same thing. So it's, you're always learning as you go because you're learning, you know, every day is different and every body is different and your body is different every day too. Right. Exactly. So, and that's what, that's one of the reasons why we love it. I think too. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I, I always feel like you can't get bored. There's way too much to learn. There's first of all, there's so much apparatus and then trying to get good on any one piece of apparatus takes a long time. Like uh, I feel yes. like during the pandemic, I got really strong at the mat work and spine corrector and wonder chair. Cause that's what I had. But then when I started going to a studio and got back on the reformer, it felt like a foreign object to me. And it's been like, I still feel like I'm rebuilding my reformer practice because it's just, it's different. It's different. Yeah, so different. I, I just can't get bored. I'm still challenged by it. All uh, right. Yes. I, and that's why we love it. That's why we love it. Yeah. A hundred percent. So tell me a little bit about how you're working with your clients right now. And what does your world look like today? Um, well, like a lot of people, my world transformed thanks to COVID. Um, and I kind of like it because now I have like a hybrid business. So usually the first half of the day, I'm teaching um, people privately on Zoom. I also teach three um, group classes per week, which I started um, during the pandemic, and I will continue teaching them. And what else am I doing? I do workshops. Like I have an upcoming workshop for Power Pilates, actually this Friday, specializing in or focusing on spine corrector and weight. So, and what else am I doing? Oh, I've had opportunities to go to um, Rancho La Puerta in Mexico and teach there. And one of my absolute favorite opportunities has been working with Pilates Anytime and developing programming um, for them. So I've done like a couple of challenges and um, workout series for them. And they're incredible, incredible to work with. Awesome. You work virtually, you teach to the camera with your work with Pilates Anytime. And then obviously you're also teaching in person. Oh yeah. I forgot about that. How part. Yeah. <laughs> and that part. And, you know, you presumably, you know, you feel comfortable teaching in front of the camera, given your background as a performer. Was that quite an easy transition for you? Yeah, the teaching on camera was easy. The setup was not. <laughs> the, the tech part was my challenge. <laughs> Once I'm on camera, I'm fine, but it was learning the setup. Like, the, you know, always the back of house stuff. That was the, the biggest challenge for me. But I've absolutely loved teaching um, virtually. And what's been really cool is that some of my virtual students, when they have the opportunity to, they train with me in the studio. So maybe they're traveling to New York City and then I finally get to introduce them to the equipment. Or I have some students that will take all of my virtual mat classes 
and then train with me once a month in the studio so they have access to the equipment. So it's created great opportunities for um, students as well who can't always make it into a studio, which has been fun. I think it's just opened up a whole world of opportunity for for teachers and, and business owners, which is a good thing. So tell us a little bit about what what's next for you. What's something that you haven't accomplished yet? Because you have accomplished so much. <laughs> but what have what's on the horizon for you that you um, want to experience? I feel like I am in a process of evolution right now. I feel like this has happened to a lot of people post pandemic, like figuring out. I've been thinking about like how sustainable is my career as it is right now. Um, I've been thinking about what type of impact do I want to make in my career, but in a way that also feels super fulfilling to me and fulfilling, not just like mentally and emotionally, but financially, (laughs) you know, like all the, all the above, like what kind of lifestyle do I want to be able to create for myself and what type of services do I want to provide for other people? Um, So I think I'm still figuring out all the details of that. But I know that one of my goals is to become a teacher of teachers. And I think of that as like a huge responsibility and a challenge. And so that's another reason why I train so diligently, because I feel like I really have to feel the work in my body. I need to understand the work in order to like be the best service I can to future teachers in our industry, Um, because they in turn will be working with other students who are entrusting them with teaching them the practice too. So I hope that answered your question. I I would say nebulous for for a big part of it. Um, And also I do know I want to eventually become a teacher of teachers. When I think about so many teachers and studio owners that I've worked with over the years, similar to you, so many of them, this is not just about making money. This is about impact for so many. And so yeah, and I and I and I fundamentally believe that you have the ability to design whatever business you want based on whatever Im- impact you want to make. Totally. Um, totally. And so I would say it's sort of like about you know I want to make money and I want to work with teachers and and help them develop their work. Or I want to make money and I want to be able to take time off with my family. I want to make money and I want to travel the world. Right. So we have a lot of opportunity at our fingertips. And like we said earlier, I think that being able to do to have access to an online world um, in our space as well, just, you know, opens up those opportunities significantly. I've been thinking a lot about, you know, we've been talking, like our industry has been talking about um, like more inclusion. And I feel like I would like to make Pilates more accessible to people who don't readily have access to it. So I'm also trying to figure out ways um, to do that in an effective way in an effective and like I said, a sustainable way. Like one of the things I realized that I will probably have to do is leave New York City because New York City is one of the most expensive cities in the world. And I am just like a single woman and that is the reality of it. And if I want to live a life that feels fulfilling to me, it includes far more than just um, grinding and hustling. I need the time and the space to be able to create. And quite honestly, it's really hard to be able to do that in this environment right right now. So I am looking to leave New York City and try to go into an environment where I have time to really 
develop the ideas that have been sitting in my journals and my notebooks forever and figuring out the ways that, yes, I can create an, you know, an impact. And if I am going to use this medium, um, use like, like virtual content, I need the time and the space to be able to create that instead of feeling like, oh, I got to teach X amount of clients so I can pay all my bills and keep taking my private lessons and my aerial hoop classes. It can become really overwhelming. And I'm sure other single people in big cities can totally relate to relate to this. Yeah. You know, it's, I'm doing a lot of soul searching right now. A lot of soul searching. Yeah. And I, you touched on something else in that conversation that I want to talk, pull, pull out um, and dive into a little bit more. Is you mentioned how important it is for you to be creative. I, th- I think that is so important for a lot of teachers and a lot of people in our world, because I think we come, we are, as movers, we're often also, we are creators in some way, because every, t- every time we see a client, you're kind of figuring out how to work with that body and work with that client and make that class great, right? How do you find ways to sort of stay connected with your work and get excited by it? And is that, is, you know, is how, how do you sort of integrate sort of perhaps your creativity, what you would like to be doing in that realm into avoiding what, you know, that classic quote unquote burnout type situation for yourself? I have to feed myself first. And so once the world started opening up again, I knew I needed to, um, like I started taking aerial hoop classes. Like I'm an artist first, you know, before I was a Pilates teacher, I was a dancer and a, a performer and I need to, I need to move differently. Like it has to be some type of expressive movement instead of like, inhale you know, like I love Pilates and I'll do it to the day I die, but I need to be able to express myself. And if I don't have opportunities to express myself through movement or through writing, then I start to, um, I just like lose oxygen in other areas of my life. So I really prioritize stuff outside of Pilates as much as I love Pilates. And then in terms of keeping my practice fresh, my, my Pilates practice, fresh, no, how do I say it? My business fresh, I maintain my Pilates practice. And this is one of the reasons why I take private lessons every single week, because I need that fuel. I need that input, that inspiration to continue to fuel me. It also gives me insights that I might not have otherwise found working out by myself. Um, am I answering your question? Yes, this is all. <laughs> I, feel like yes. I, went, I feel like I went off on a tangent. No, I love it. I think it's so important to fuel yourself in whatever way it is that you need to, because we get, you give so much, you know, in your lessons. And especially if you're teaching, I find often teaching online is actually I hear, I should say, because I don't teach online other than in these sorts of conversations, but teaching online is challenging, but if not more energy draining to some degree than teaching in person. So it's really important to stay energized and stay inspired so that you can continue to inspire others. Yeah. And the way, and I also, I love to teach. So even when I do things like social media, I keep it fun for myself because I try to approach it from the mind of like an educator. Like, how can I teach in a one minute reel or something like that? What can I share with people in a one minute reel? And um, that I know not everyone loves social media, but I really love creating reels and creating content like that. And that has been actually a boon to my business because I've been able to attract new students just based on my, um, my Instagram. So that's Amazing. a way for me to, that's a way for me to exercise my creativity too, but also hone my my teaching skills. That's really um I love that you shared that with us. 
Do you have any other advice that you'd like to offer the Pilates teachers listening about, you know, how they can be as inspiring as you and be teaching for as long as you have been teaching? My number one advice is always to keep practicing and like take lessons from other people, even if it's not private lessons, take group classes as much as you can. Now you have access to like just about anybody, any teacher that you want around the world, as long as they're teaching virtually. Um, because that's always inspiring. You always learn so much when you take classes. That would be the my number one thing. And the other thing is to step away from the Pilates a little bit too. You're like your whole life can't be, you know, just absorbed by the Pilates world and like find out what else you're curious about. You know, it doesn't just have to be about Pilates and even things that I learn in my aerial hoop class, sometimes it applies to my Pilates practice. That's wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing all of that with us, Kira. Um, can you also let us know before we uh, wrap up today's conversation where people can find you and get in touch with you um, and learn more about the different ways that you work with your clients? Sure. Um, my website, first and foremost, kiralam.com. So just my name, K-I-R-A-L-A-M-B or um, Instagram, Kira S. Lamb, And you can find me there. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Kira. Um, for all of you guys listening, be sure to go and watch some of those wonderful tutorials that Kira shares on Instagram um, and get in touch with her and ask all your questions. She's a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful teacher and human being. So I hope this was helpful to you all as you go about building your Pilates studio business. If you really enjoyed what you heard today, I'd be so appreciative if you could pay it forward, take a quick minute and go to wherever you're listening to this. Rate and review this podcast so that other teachers and other studio owners just like you can feel encouraged and supported on their journey in our industry. Did you love this episode and want more? Head to spring3.com and check out my free resources that will help you run a profitable and fulfilling studio business. And before you go, one last reminder... There is no one way to do what you do, only your way. So whatever it is that you want to do, create or offer, you've got this. Thanks again for joining me today and have a wonderful rest of your day. Mm -hmm.